Welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by, as always, Martin Hendy. How are you getting on? Evening, yeah, good, thank you, Paul. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Really good. Really good couple of days, so enjoying myself. And uh, we've got a, a, an old an old podders came back from the dead. Uh, single Steve, how are you getting on? Very well, thank you. And, um, you know, thanks for having me on. Uh, absolutely delighted to be on and be back again. So, and... I've been listening away and really enjoying all the recent pods, laughing as well. Very funny, some very funny quips and uh, some great insights. So well, yeah, delighted to be back. Because we're we're down like, where's where's uh, Mikey Dal? He's off in his travels, yeah. See, he's away somewhere, and then uh, Dan Devaney as well. So Stephen's back. It's good. Delighted. Yeah, delighted. Squad, squad rotation. And uh, yeah, we were we the, Phil, the Phil Jones of the podcast world. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, because Phil Jones, he was always that, he always had the ball. And, and last night at fives, I scored a downward header. So not just a, a, a header, but a downward header. So I've been floating all day at work. I just feel like anyone could throw anything at me. And just like, I'm like, well, I scored a downward header last night. And, you know, I, I was labelled as a kid, I was labelled 50p. So, you know, I just, I was delighted, um, and yeah, just so so happy. It's uh, it's yeah, I scored I scored a couple of goals as well at five sides on Monday night, but it was it was a case, uh, Stephen. That it was just roasting. The Sunday night or Monday night, it was roasting, and I was, I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, sort of uh, temperature to play football, and the ball just came out to you, and I put it in the top corner first time. And I thought, oh, magic, rolling, rolling back the years. <laughs> So, uh, I was I was just going to say just before we obviously move on to more serious matters, does I need, do I need to by Scottish law rest my head because I've scored a header like a day after, or is it not applicable <laughs> to five five players? Are you technically allowed to head the ball at five sides anymore? I thought that was a big no no. Well, I, I I spoke to some of my English um, sort of a call <laughs> not colleagues, <laughs> English dads that play with, and I said I was asking I was like was he the ball? A phrase that you'd use in England, you'd be like, "Oh, here comes big heat the ball," but it sadly doesn't translate. It just must be a Scottish sort of saying. Um, and then that was the, that was the end of that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like great that. chat, <laughs> Stephen. Great chat, Steve. Great chat. <laughs> Get back to your pod, Steve. Get back to your pod. <laughs> yeah, hey, Cassandra, we, me and Stephen met. We, me and Stephen met a guy that we've not seen for twenty eight years in Gloucester. So uh, uh, I was like, to Stephen, I know that boy, I know that guy. And of course, me and Stephen went to a small school in Blackwood, like a very small school. And there was only seven people in my class. And there we are in this mad, what was the pub like in Gloucester, Stephen? It was fantastic, wasn't it? Two DJs, Hendo. Two DJs. Nice. <laughs> Bouncing off the walls at three o'clock. I walked through, just because I go for wonders, I walked through and the common people... Uh, uh, think about common people. Uh, the song was on. The whole place was bouncing after the rugby. The rugby game was on at one o'clock, and the whole place was dancing. Then you went through, and then uh, there's another DJ on our side as well. And the place was brilliant. But anyway, during that, we seen a guy that we've not seen for twenty eight years, and you couldn't believe it, Stephen. Can you not? No, I mean the the, the laws of probability, the chance of you meeting Peter. You were at school, what? You know, there was what sixty odd pupils in the whole 
um, school and you just two or three boys in your actual year group um, and the chances of meeting him are extraordinarily slim. He probably could have won the lottery and I was actually thinking this on the way back that maybe it would have been better. But obviously, Peter, if you're listening, it was lovely to meet you but it would have been probably better to win the lottery but it was his mannerisms and everything are still the same so no, it was just it was just quite funny. It was it was a great day as well. I mean, it was a nostalgia trip for me because I used to live quite close to Gloucester, and mm-hmm. um, it was uh, it was and you know, Paul, the guys that were over for Linster were just it was comedy, absolutely brilliant. It was Hen- a great day. Hendel, the thing was right again. Go back to the, the experience at Celtic Park. I mean, oh, people don't know. I'm not a drink. I don't drink anymore. I'm not drank for I don't know eighteen years, but. There must have been eight pints drank at that game. Easy. Everybody, I mean, the pints were flowing up and down, up and down the alleyways. Every time somebody went to the toilet, they came back up with pints. No hassle. We were sitting in with the Gloucester fans. Some of the Gloucester fans were, like, quite funny, Stephen, weren't they? Like, doing impressions of French referees. I was gutting myself. And we're sitting with Leicester wigs on or blue wigs, but no trouble, no nothing, you know? And... There was tons of drink taken, wasn't there, Stephen? Yeah, no, the, the, there there was, and um, there was, but um, there was quite a lot of drink. So it was, but it was, uh, it was all quite, you know, the rugby crowds, everybody gets on, and um, there's no there's no hassle and stuff like that. So it was all good, sort of. I mean, the guy that was doing the French impersonations was also saying, I think they won a few penalty tries, and he's like, it was part of the, the grand strategy was to, to beat Linsa with penalty tries, but I mean, my limited knowledge of rugby, and I do like rugby, um, Linsa were, you know, it was just, they were just so good to, to watch. It was almost like watching Ireland play against Gloucester, and they absolutely wiped the floor with them, and they, they move it so fast, and it was nice at the end, because I think Paul's friends related to one of the players, so we went down to the Trackside, and Paul got a picture of his friend, um, with one of the players, and um, it was just a just a great day. So, yeah, no trouble, but yeah, it's just interesting to look at the different world between football and football and rugby. But yeah, so it was good. And uh, Hendel, did you enjoy the game at the weekend? Then did you go? Did you? I couldn't go, but watched, watched it all it. on the TV. Yeah. Um, because it was just it's too early the kids have classes on a Saturday so 12.15 is just it's too tight um, still finishing it sw- the swimming pool <laughs> so, uh, water water babies happen. <laughs> yeah so no but I thought it was a, it's a bit of a, I thought it was a bit of an odd game because Morton actually came right at us and seemed to have some good chances and I kind of felt like the scoreline flattered us quite a bit in the end, especially um, the first half. Uh, I thought I'd, I thought it'd been a, a decent half of football, and then just an absolutely sham, another shambolic penalty decision, um, uh. and then Morton obviously kind of lost their way for a minute. Um, and then you know the second half we were more dominant, but they're they're kind of drained at that point, having had such such a big setback. So I thought it was a bit odd. We kind of gave away a few chances early, but you know I don't think the result was ever in doubt. But um, just another the highlight for me was just what has happened with handballs. It's just mental now. 
just mental. I just don't understand. And that was Effie Ambrose. I didn't, I didn't dream that he was playing, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah. But the, it struck another defender, and then ricocheted off Effie Ambrose, whose hand was down behind his back, uh, and he had not moved it in any shape or form towards the ball, or made himself unnaturally bigger, or any of this stuff. Just like penalty, it's like the game is totally gone on the penalty front at the moment in the handball rule. It's just crazy. There's there's absolutely nothing he could have done about that, and it wasn't in a, a position where his arm was like creating an advantage for him or anything either. It's just I don't know. That kind of felt it kind of ruined the first half a little bit because for them it had been quite tight until that point. It's come to a stage. It's just come to a stage, but isn't it that you just there is no point having an argument because nobody knows what handball is now. It's just rubbish. Well, I, it is, but then you always go back to that one at Tynecastle where the guy hung his arm out, moved it towards the ball, yeah. and then moved it back behind his back once he had uh, once the ball had struck him, and then the ref was like, "No penalty." And looked and looked very <laughs> sheepish. I mean, even the, yeah. the, the look of sheepishness yeah. about penalty kicks, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with it. It's just, I can't figure it out. It just seems to be getting worse, not better. And VAR doesn't seem to have helped at all. But that's the thing about us getting older. I thought these things would be more streamlined, but it gets more complex. And even, like, even this week, the let rule in tennis. Have you seen that, Hendo? Like, there's people serving in, like, and the guy hits it back and because it's like, and actually I'm like, why is sport becoming so complicated now, surely? This is after there's like a, 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 a lorry full of uh, lawyers in the front, it's hard for me to say, in the front, on the front stand watching the game. I mean, the let call isn't a let call, it is a let call, but if you play it back, then the ball's still in play, the let's overruled. And I, well, I'm just like, wow, when did sport become so complicated? Crazy, crazy. That penalty one's just a, a joke at the moment. Stephen, what do you think of Tumble? Because this is my new pet, pre hoping that he becomes a, a great Celtic player, not knowing that it's probably not going to happen. What do you think? Is Tumble Stephen? Well, just, just before we touch on Tumble, you know, it's a shame for Effie coming back to Celtic, and I mean, it was never a penalty, and I think that's it was pretty cruel to to, to give that as a penalty. Very well dispatched by by Moy, who seems to be. Pretty very pretty good um, at, at penalties, and we know that Effie's going to have a mistake in him. And uh, as much as we all probably in the heart of hearts love him, um, and, he, and he showed that with the second goal that Celtic scored with the mm-hmm. with the touch, <laughs> the touch they had. Which I wouldn't say what that represented on, on air, but it was very very heavy, um, and uh, it gifted us the second goal that Kyogo was all over. So we knew that we we're going to get a chance off. FA anyway, we didn't have to, to give him a penalty. Turnbull, interestingly, I mean, I, you know, sort of privately was a bit upset about him, and, and Martin Henry sort of a, put me in my place, which was quite right. But my view is that um, you you score, you know, obviously he's not been in the team, so he comes in and he's got that strike. It's a bit like Marcus Rashford esque. He's, he's got this technique which is which is good, and he. You know, granted, no one closed him down, and, and so not in the Morton game, the, the, the previous game, he had a bit 
you know, good couple of minutes to line himself up and strike the ball. And he's got the technique and he, he hits the bottom left corner. Absolutely tremendous. And he doesn't really celebrate. Um, and I think, you know, Celtic players have a, uh, a sort of duty, essentially, to the, the paying public who go at the game, no matter what the score is, if you're winning by a lot or whatever, to actually celebrate, especially if you've scored a, 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 a good goal as, as good as that. Fortunately, I mean, against Morton, he scored again, which is great. But it's up to him, you know. He's got to really. Um, but is he show. good? Is he good enough, Stephen? Well, technically, he's a very gifted player, but I think maybe it's it's in the head, perhaps. Who who, who knows? I mean, I, I don't I don't know him that closely, but he has to. And I think Ange is quite a sort of a you know he doesn't seem to have maybe maybe he's quite loyal to Kyogo. I don't know, but the, you know, that, the returns and the goals, so you can't really argue against that. But I think um, if he was playing very well. And would have him in the team, so he's got to start playing very well. And I, as you get a bit older, you know, you used to be like, why, why did they not pick such and such and such and such and such? Well, such and such and such and such isn't doing enough to get into the team. And um, you know, th- th- he's got to look himself in the mirror and think, well, because um, I, I, I very much doubt that he will go on to greater things if he leaves Celtic. He might do, but I think the odds are stacked against him. Um, and what are you thinking the new? No, no, but I mean, I'd love to be sitting in your seat in the next couple of games to see the the, the new Japanese midfield player because I, I think he could be really, really good. Really, he'd be a great player just to watch for ninety minutes. You know that player cam thing, just to watch mm-hmm. him and see is he going to be able to bring us to that next level? You know. Yeah, I mean, is from the TV, he certainly looked busy um, and had uh, good presence. Um, in the middle of the pitch, uh, so yeah, I think that it was Greenock Morton he was up against. But first impressions looked pretty decent. Um, I think it's quite an exciting time. Kind of think back to this time last year when it almost gets to that point you lose track of the number of players that have come in, who's gone out, and you know the starting eleven actually looks quite a bit different to maybe how it did in the middle of December um, there's that many players have come in it kind of feels that the same again now that there could be changes in defence changes at full back in the middle of the pitch and then you know now different strike options as well um, so I think as I say it'll be exciting to kind of see how it all beds in but the early signs looked looked promising yeah, as a football yeah. fan, as a football fan, the, the January transfer can be really disappointing because you, you, remember this line: you never get you, you know, you, you never get good players, and that that sort of carry on. And you sort of you look at it for a month, and you know, like, oh, it was okay. In this instance, Martin, you're right, isn't it? We seem to have upgraded. Well, it, it seems that way, doesn't it? Whether or not it pans out that way, if these guys can get into Scotland and get themselves moving, but we seem to have upgraded our, our team. Uh, if if, if Ange has got the players he wants, and it looks like he's got the South Korean today that he wanted, and the South Korean definitely wanted to come to us. So, it and then even if we're nine or twelve points clear, you're still getting to watch something. You're still watching something gel in the next ten, twelve games. There's going to be a platform to move us into the European competition, and maybe one yeah. is two or three trophies while they're at it. 
which is a, it's, yeah. it's a good thing to see. Yeah, I kind of feel like in terms of transfer windows that Ange has had as well, if you think when he came in last summer, uh, okay, it'll be two summers ago now, that, that summer window, I don't really feel like that was his. If you think about the players that ended up coming in, it was like Scales, Shaw, Urugide, and just like McCarthy. A load of players came in that never broke into the first team. I kind of feel like from January onwards, it was it was his his signings more. And if you think like that first January one, it was O'Reilly, Hitati, Maida, who are all you know in the first team pretty consistently. The one Idiguchi hasn't really been near the team. And then in the summer, that the players just kind of feel like they're the first team signings, not this. Yeah. No real projects or punts. It seems to be people ready to land and make a positive contribution. I think uh, I think uh, Johnson looks. I mean, okay, we we lost Aronovic, and I get that, but that's forward planning there. This is like really sensible mm-hmm. stuff, and Johnson seems to be a player that catches the eye, Stephen. Would you agree? You watch him, you're thinking, well, I'd like to play with him, football, and you'd be quite happy to sit on that wing with him because he's up and down. He's giving you an option all the time. He's always, he's really, really positive and energetic. He's sort of full of beans, but whether or not we've upgraded, it remains to be seen, but we've certainly, as Martin Martin suggests, we've been sensible about our, our transfers, you know, business and um, you know, Giacomacchus, um, you know, it would be sad for him to go, but at the same token, we've now got a striker and we've also got the other guy that, uh, I can never pronounce his name, was it Hakovanovic um, that Mikey suggested last Hacks week? Hakovanovic, yeah. He came on, but didn't he come on again? Uh, well, yeah, weekend. I mean, Mikey suggested last week exactly what I was thinking when I was listening to the podcast, and then Mikey sort of a the comment was that, you know, he could be lined up as the next sort of centre forward as he's built up a wee bit. So, you know, Ange knows what he's doing. We sort of need to trust him on that. But he's been sensible in the it Because it used to be a case of we would sell someone and be exposed. You know, and this has gone back to like probably the 80s. Like Celtic would just sell their star player without having any succession plan. But now we seem mm-hmm. to be having these guys in, which is which is comforting. And hopefully there'll be an upgrade. But obviously it remains to be, to be seen. I think, I mean, I'm doing, when you look at the the 48 hours at Everton I've had, so Everton, Frank Lampard, like 10 different managers in 10, something, something ridiculous, tons of managers, 500 million spent, no real, no real sort of emphasis on place, they're, they're looking at Sean Dyche, they're looking at different types of managers, they don't really know who they are as a club, they're up for sale, they're not up for sale, and I, I kind of th- I thank our lucky stars that we've actually got Postecoglou plus the the, the board because at least it, we know where we're going to in this period of time. We've got a, a set way we play. I mean, I might not agree with it all the time. I think the ball should be going forward quicker, but but at least we've got a structure now and everything's sort of calm at the moment because uh, we're very lucky to have that type of management structure and players coming in and out. Because it's, this is this is like it never really happens ever in football clubs. Well, I think it's probably having, you know, the club want 
a player trading model. So as much as there's players in and players out at the moment, I bet I bet the balance sheet shows that we're you know positive in terms of the the inflows of money rather than the outflows. Um, and I think you know Anne just seems comfortable doing that. Seems comfortable evolving a team um, and players coming and going and you know being all right with that and the, you know it's still the same board um, that were there when it was you know Neil Lennon before and whoever before him where it was always oh, the board sack the board get the board out and stuff it's still still relatively the, the same behind the, the scenes isn't it it's not it's not drastically changed it's just say I think there's someone in who can you know can I have money for players? Yeah, but you need to sell someone. All right, I'll sell someone and then we'll replace them and I know where I can go to a good value market as well. So I think there's probably a bit to do with him as an individual as well and how he operates that makes it possible. I think, it, I mean, everything, everything, we have these conversations, we have these conversations a lot and we're looking at, we're, we're trying to, Get out of our heads what we're what we really see, what we're seeing with Celtic, and when you look at Aberdeen's issues, and you look at the manager that's looking after them, we've got like we've got like the grown up in charge. You get my drift? Like he's like this is a matter of fact. This was what happens in modern day football. I'll manage that situation because I am a manager. We're like Goodwin and different players. Uh, these guys are seem to be. They're just not rational. They're buying loads of strikers. They're buying, but as Postecoglou seems to just say, right, I manage the situation. This is my job. Let's not stress it. You know, maybe I mean deep down maybe he is, but I mean he doesn't seem to be. He's like, just he quite pragmatic and calm, yeah. and um, well, I mean, know, he doesn't he doesn't sensationalise anything or overly exaggerate things. Just seems to get on with it. We've came from a we came from a year just quickly, Steve. We've came for two years where Neil Lennon threw all these to- all these players and under a bus and all these toys at the pram a week into the season when he said that people didn't want to be there. Remember, and we were all like, oh, like well, stop doing this. It's grating in my nerves." And then we had players staying there for a, a year when they shouldn't have been staying, and and that was that wasn't an adult way of managing the situation the, the way you manage the situation is you get them out early doors, you've got your kitty then you move on, the way Celtic are doing things now is we get the players in no big no big uh, big shows whatever anymore, you notice that as well we're not doing like th- uh, three three minute uh, three minute uh, compilations on Twitter it's just coming in and just uh, see what we can do, you know, sorry Stephen no, I, I, I agree. It's, 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 it's good. I mean, don't forget that Ange brought in a lot of players. He had a massive rebuild to do when he first joined, and they, but they hit the ground running because he knew the players. And he, you know, he obviously got a a, a style and 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 play for the the club. You know, and these guys like Jim Goodwin and things like that. You know, they, they some sort of a struggle for probably many many different. Reasons, albeit it's pretty unforgivable losing to to Darvo, um in the in the cup, and um, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I spoke to my, my friend uh, Barry Lidlow, and who listens to the pod, so big shout out to Barry. He's a big Aberdeen fan, and he bought into Jim Goodwin, so maybe there is something there, but um, it's obviously 
you know, not been displayed in the results that they're having um, for Aberdeen. I thought that, you know, when you were talking the other week there about like, looking at different markets and obviously Ange knows some of the players in the Asian markets. Like Sometimes there's, there's some good players that are in the league, you know, and there was a guy, I think it's Duke, that plays for Aberdeen and they yeah. love him. And he's like sort of a from Benfica B team and I was thinking maybe he's the sort of like the, the Didier Gat type player that we've maybe not really looked at and but then I saw he was playing against Dar Darbo and he couldn't score, so I was like, Well, maybe he's not that good. So um but But it's it Ange's seems to be building the right environment for players to to shine if they want to. Whereas I don't think Aberdeen I mean Aberdeen that was one of my questions today to you, Martin, is like Aberdeen have got this uh, technical manager, Mowbray or whatever. And you're like, who are these people now? Like just bringing players in from the English League. Go and get the, there's so many scapegoats. And you're like, who's doing that? I, mean, I don't know any I mean I know lots of people. I don't know anybody that's a technical director of a football team or I don't think any of the bright guys at my school are technical directors of football teams. Who who are these guys? What's their qualification to do this? I mean they're just bringing players in. It's just like swamping Aberdeen with players, spending a lot of money on players to get beat off. I mean, what, the eighth rung is Scottish football? That's just yeah, unforgivable that. for Scottish football. Do we need strong Aberdeen, you know? I think, though, we probably, we must have, again, it's something that's never that transparent, but I don't really know what our structure is. Certainly it's always about Ange at the moment when anyone's talking about things, but he can't possibly be doing everything in the background. There must be people overseeing scouting targets and, you know, bringing bringing people into the club. It's just, you don't really hear about it so much when things are going well. Um, you hear about it when we're not signing players or we're signing absolute duds. Um, that's when you tend to hear more about these these things. But, you know, and obviously has a good a good support network behind him. He can possibly be spending all the time he is out on the pitch in the training ground and doing um all the the scouting and player acquisition stuff as well. It would just be madness. I mean, I'm sure I've heard him talk about. He just says, look, he needs a he needs this type of player. He, he guides them, but I think he's having meetings every week, hasn't he, with his team? So I mean, he he'll be on top of all these facets he needs to be on top of to run a, a successful football club it's funny actually Moussa Dembele is linked to Aston Villa do you see that yeah seven or four yeah, million that. and that's a guy that I thought would be cream of the crop I mean I suppose he still is and he could probably he probably will set the he'll be pretty good in English Premier League but I really thought he was good but then he has done well of course he's in France and maybe don't see it as much but certainly mm -hmm. That was a case of Brendan Rodgers knowing that, tweaking that market, knowing exactly, bringing his own guys in, knowing exactly what he wanted to get. But that magic disappeared pretty quickly under Brendan Rodgers. But then he started hearing that he wasn't getting the players he wanted. And then that's leaking information out to, to, to describe a narrative that maybe lets him off the hook. Whether or not that's true or not, I'm not sure. Uh I just think again. See, going back to identity, Stephen. Let's do this quick quiz. Like, why do? Why shouldn't Scottish football teams just play to their identity? Like, Hearts play to their identity, don't they? Hearts are playing like Hearts. That's what they do. 
But Hibs under uh, Sean Maloney are playing all this fancy football. Why not just play like Hibs should do? And Aberdeen as well. They don't have any defenders. They sold all their defenders. And they're playing all this football. And you're just like, lads, just, it'd be hard to beat at home. And, you know, I just think it's a shame for Aberdeen. I listened to the Aberdeen fan the BBC Scotland and my heart kind of went out to him. He was like, we spend our hard-earned money and what we're supposed to do on a Saturday and we travel all the way down to watch these games and we leave our work early and you're like in one hand you're like why are you doing that mate and then your second hand you're thinking but he's an Aberdeen fan he, he loves his club and when, you, when you go to Aberdeen you realise I mean it's a one city club everyone's really up for it I mean they're massively up for the for, for the Rangers games but the like the cup games and stuff like that they're all really quite passionate about it and I think it's about getting the the biggest bang for your buck and I know Celtic the spend that Celtic have are, is, is, is there's a big differential between Celtic and all the other clubs um, in terms of the, the sort of financial strength. But I think value for money, we do we, we do well and, you know, boils down to what Martin's saying about maybe the wider range and the wider way the, the clubs run. You know, we, we, we really maximise the value of the of, of, of the players. and, and it, But then you're like, well, OK, there's a difference, but these clubs, don't do that and it's evident that Aberdeen don't do that because they've just lost a, a certain club and they've not been on a good um, sort of run but they should be getting good value for, for the for the, the people that they bring in and it's, it's clear that they, they don't seem to, to do that so they have to look at and it might not I don't I mean it maybe it is the manager I don't know but it might just be the structure that they've got because they seem to churn through through managers yeah, I just yeah I mean it's just when you listen to a fan, like I just don't want Celtic to get back to that. Because we will, but will happen one time, Martin. We will be sitting watching Stevie Fulton again, and we'll be like, oh, what happened to the club? But I, I want Celtic to keep in this sensible path. Who, of, who, who shared the picture? You know, the old stand with the, the advertisement. I think it was Holy it. or Bertie. What was it? What was the advertisement? It was. It was a crack. I can't remember what it was, but it was very. Um, Crown, yeah. the crown print or something like that, was it? But yeah, like, I just don't, yeah, I just, I look at Everton, I look at Aberdeen, and I just hope that we just keep, we keep making sensible decisions. And geez, I, I was thinking just give Ange a 10 year contract at this stage. I would, I'd be happy for him to be, until my 50s managing the football club. Although that's not, it's not going to happen, but. Just, just a bit of sensible management. It's just a brilliant thing to have, you know. Yeah, he's definitely been good for the club. Um, like everyone else, he's not bigger than the club, though. So I don't know. I'd be giving him ten years. I think he's got to keep proving himself every year. Uh, like he would make the players prove themselves. I think someone has to, you know, not let him get a god complex either. I don't think he would. He doesn't seem that type of guy. He does seem to be, to be humble, but. Yeah, I, f- I feel confident that while he's there, it will be a, a successful period for us. Um, and when he goes, it will create a lot of uncertainty. So, yeah, if we can postpone that for as long as possible, uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Because, you know, uh, you know what's around the corner when, when you change manager. It usually means that things haven't been going well or it's about to not go so well. Um, so as long as we can keep him there and, and put that off, that'd be great. But I still got to put pressure on him as well. He's not getting a free pass. 
You're a tough, you're a tough lot to, you're a tough lot, aren't you? Martin Henry's an elite sportsman, and, and that Paul Kane sort of, I was saying to Paul about that Martin Henry was the one that paved the way for the Murrays. I still maintain that. I argue the toss with anyone. And it was. Martin Henry paved the way for the Murrays. I hope they're, they're both listening and appreciative. Concept Group was the advertiser. Concept it Group. It was Concept Group. And it just feels cold. Looking at the picture, you feel a, a sort of cold. You know, the first game that you go to Celtic Park, you're know, like, this is so cold. It's freezing. Very, very exposed as well. Um yeah, we're not going back to those barren days, bro. We're on an upward trajectory. I know, I'm just... We're trying to lift it, lift it a wee bit. We're going to, we, we, we really need to drive drive forward into Europe now and start, you know, mixing it up with these with these teams and, 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 and go on a good European run. I mean, we really have to do that. I mean, that's the... For me, that's the, the measurement. But actually, the last couple of games has kind of caught me. Like the great, the St. Martin game was brown. Morton game was a bit... Mm, but now we're going Dundee United away, Livingston at home, mm-hmm. St Johnston away, Scottish Cup St Mirren, Aberdeen, then Rangers, League Cup final. So that's the twenty sixth of February. So that's that's a good month. That's a good month of football. I know I was more about the European game, but that's a cracking month of football for us. Yeah, there's a lot of domestic action there. Aberdeen have a new manager St Mirren fifth round of the cup and then we've got the Rangers game which uh, would you go there would you get a chance at a ticket uh, no, I, wouldn't, it? No. I wouldn't I you wouldn't, wouldn't get one no. uh, very, very unlikely because I didn't go to the the semi yeah it's really that's really that's good Scottish football at its best isn't it those sort of games and uh, yeah just really interesting and Rangers I suppose are making signings they've bought that Todd Todd Cantwell which I went down a kind of dark sort of path with him last night but he seems to be a really good football player but wasn't able to handle the well he was kind of giving out a bit about criticism playing for Norwich when he was 21 and he got loads of games they probably got some games in the Premier League so maybe it might be the case that they rejuvenate this guy he, he doesn't have injury problems so maybe this will be a new Rangers star that comes on and we'll Maybe, but we'll see. Um, any thoughts? In... Was that the guy that looks like the Will Ferrell actor? In the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He looks like okay. the. He looks like the. No, again, you're always looking to see who's doing. I mean, Hearts are. Hearts are. A, a, a hearts nice are, or something. Yeah, Hearts are doing well. You're just looking to see who's going to be next in the league pushing us, you know. If if Aberdeen do make a good appointment, then that's good for us because it's always a hard game for Rangers in the, the league. But I'm just getting excited about it. The last the the Morton game was about it just wasn't that good. But I'm getting excited the next couple of games. It's going to be really good in the cup finals coming up, which could be a start of a a glorious period for Ange, you know. Yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Plus, there's a bit. Of- a bit of cup revenge to be had from last season as well, isn't there? And there was something else I learned at the week during the week. Tierney and Nisbet are good friends. So Tierney was doing his ex-Celtic thing, which I think he's just about too young to be doing this, but he's saying Nisbet would slot right into the team. He always he scored 100 goals for us when he was playing under 15s or something, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, Tierney, like you're sounding like an old man already, you know what I mean? You're, you're playing for the top league, top, and you're still... Yeah. Like Kevin talks to me every day. It's basically you can write that you can write the article. Your eyes closed. You've read it that many times. But it was Tierney saying Nisbet should sign yeah. for Celtic, and I'm like, geez. Oh, Tierney. I joked about it. Remember, about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I said when 
when are Celtic going to get back to their their proper policy of just looking at the form Scottish player and just uh, <laughs> Sign them. just signing them? Well, uh, apparently he's supposed to be on Angie's list. So, again, I'm sort of you, you get a bit sort of you get a bit of hip up and you want all these European players, but like if he, if he played for Celtic before and he he was a, a boy that was scoring loads of goals and Tierney did say in the Daily Record or his Scottish son that he's a good player. Maybe it might be worth a shout, you know? Maybe. Yeah. I, I think um, he would offer something different to the team. Um, but having watched him, he's quite big, slow, cumbersome. Um, he's not... Really unfit. He, he does. He's, he got, a bad, he's got a bad he's something. Those, no, I mean, I wouldn't even entertain the, the, the yeah, idea. Yeah, you know, he's I one of those guys who watch and... Someone. A plank of wood up front or something. Aye. So these guys, these guys, we don't owe them anything. They have to go out there, and I always remember Barry Ferguson. He went across the border, like to Blackburn, which isn't that far away actually. And then they're like, "Oh, his, his wife is homesick." They're like what? Like she's, it's just crazy stuff. Uh, he has to take his career. Uh, that's his job. He's a football player, and you know he's got to take ownership of his career. And if he's good enough to get into Celtic, he's got to obviously demonstrate that in the pitch. He hasn't done that. He's he's far from done that. So it's it's a more of a a sympathy sort of purchase, which we shouldn't be be, be doing. I wouldn't even go anywhere near him. I think there's 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 better players, and we've got the, the money to 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 get better players. And I wish him well in his career. And stuff. No, he's not for me. What about if, if he's banging in thirty goals a season? Then he's got my attention, but he's not doing that, and he plays up front. And yeah. Ma- if Martin Henry said he's slow, he's cumbersome. I wouldn't even chat with him. Yeah, that's just my own view, to be honest. But you know, he I'm would be a him. he would be a downgrade on Geo Marcus. No, big big Gigi's. Although he's not been there very long, he's a total ledge. Uh, Kevin Nisbet just wouldn't be just wouldn't be an adequate replacement. I don't think. Here's, here's interesting as well, Lauren Shanklin, I'm not saying Lauren Shanklin for Celtic, obviously I'm not saying that, but he really, talking about a player that's proven himself, I mean, I think he's 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 near enough in Robbo's, hitting Robbo's re- hearts record now, and he's still got like 15 games to play here, you know, he's he's hitting, he's hitting 16 goals, getting his assists, there's a player that's, he's shined his boots and dra- dra- dragged himself up for the the shoelaces and got himself moving again, you know. Yeah, I think quite a few of those goals are penalties, though. Uh, I think they are as well. It's like Moy, you know what I mean? Or Moy, we've got. Look, this, Lauren Shanklin yeah. said the umpteen opportunities at international level and club level to prove himself, and to me, he's not taking any of them. So, and there may be somebody in the lower league coming up. You know, there are some some good good talent. So we need to obviously keep an eye on that. But some of these guys are just no, they're just sort of. Uh, I was going to say journeymen, but they are actually. Yeah, let's use that phrase. Let's call them journeymen. Not let's call them what, what they are. Can it be journeymen for, for Jim, Hibs Jim or Hearts? Kind of front for Hearts, Hibs, and Dundee. Uh, Dundee United. He's left foot, and he still always scored against Celtic. You're like, how can Jim yeah. Hamilton score against Celtic? It's dire, but because we've got the Marshall and goals, you wouldn't buy him. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. But well, we'd concept group sponsored us. That's maybe why. But um, <laughs> no, these players. I think it's important that we keep an eye on the domestic. Yeah, sort of league, and I was very keen on 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 Duke until I saw him that he was struggling against Darvel to score. Um, and live, live on the TV, you know what I mean? 
I mean, it's like these guys should be scoring 10 goals against clubs like that. Did you hear the guy, the manager, when he did his speech beforehand? Mm-hmm. So he's got the cameras in, right? And you're like, good for him, eh? No, look, good for him because the speech worked. The speech landed. The club went out and they, they scored a goal, albeit Aberdeen got a goal ruled out under real dubious circumstances because <laughs> it wasn't offside. But he's, he said, he said, I was reading today, he kept saying, all right, all right. He said, I was reading today that the average man lives to these 77. And that's 40 million minutes. And you're like, no, please. You know, and it, you could see when they went around the dressing room, all the guys are like, what is he on about? And I'm asking you for 90 minutes out of those 40 million minutes. Or, 40, all right. And you're like, as if he's like sort of doing a wee side whistle at his mouth. Where's this guy going? And then he's like, your brothers and your mothers and your fathers and your uncles and aunties, you're doing it for them. (laughs) What he should have probably thought about before it... You can't criticise him, Stevie. I know that. Look, we we can't criticise him, but we will criticise him. What he should have sort of said (sighs) is, look, we know Aberdeen's set up, we know the drills, we know what they do, we've studied them, we've went through it during the week, I've showed you videos, we've went out to see them, we've went up to Aberdeen, you know what they're going to do, we've countered them, we've showed you all the counters, I've showed you all the different things, we know this guy's going to do that guy, this guy, this guy. We've drilled you so well, this is the time to deliver, this is your moment to go there and do the business. And that would made, made, that would have looked really good in him, he looks like a, a very articulate manager, but to say something like I read today, <laughs> the average man lives to seventy-seven. But it was quoted. It was. I think it was quoted it, today in the, the Guardian podcast. I think they quoted it. It, it was. It was cringy. It was great. It worked. It to be honest, so, Hendo, you know, I'm just saying there's, there's different approaches the guy could have taken. He took the right approach. For me, I wouldn't have taken that approach and probably would have lost. So yeah, <laughs> you got to tip your hat to the guy. I, I when I heard that forty forty million. When minutes. I heard what they did and all the the social media stuff like that, I absolutely played great. I mean, promote the club, promote everything. Promote like just the so age of social media, get it all out there, and just hope that it doesn't fall fall flat in your face. I mean, well done for them. You've got forty thousand. It's very cringy, very cringy. It made me want to throw up. You've got forty thousand minutes in your life. Any chance of just giving me five minutes of attention? I mean, I'm going to use that on the kids now. I, I actually got a calculator and I worked at the percentage and stuff like that. Cause I know you did. Uh, you know, anyway, look, it's, 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 yeah, good, good, you know, good, good, good on them. And, yeah, and, and, and you know, hopefully they'll they get, they'll get, they get? They'll get horsed out the next uh, day. Falkirk. Falkirk, aye. There we go. Falkirk. What also made me laugh is that when, uh, I think Bertie, obviously, is the podcast is named after, but it doesn't... Um, God is, God is, so. <laughs> I always hate panning Bertie, but I, I, I never do that, Bertie, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> Bertie let us know that we've got St Mirren, and it's funny, like the cliches, you're just like, and that's all we could, a home tie is all we, we, we could have wished for at this stage. <laughs> that's what came out of my head, I'm like, hey. but it's true. They say it all the time. <laughs> and every time you think of some money, you just think of moustaches, don't you? Just think of moustaches, and you don't know why. If you just do, hairy <laughs> people. <laughs> and then your Joshua, your handle. Josh is always asking me questions like, "Where's Morton? Where's St Man?" I'm like, I try and answer. <laughs> I try and answer the question, and I'm like, Joshua, to be honest, I just hope you never go there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you never need to go. But it's just, yeah. like, where's Morton? I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. Just leave don't me alone. Don't worry about it, son. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just you keep... keep. It's, it's like every day I drop Sophie off at school now. And I'm going to some of my mad job that I'm doing and doing such and such. I say to you, you've got, you've got, you've got to work really hard at school, Sophie, or you'll end up like me. Just start with a bit of inspiration. <laughs> we should tell Sophie that she's got 40 million minutes that she'll live in. Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. You've got 40 million minutes. Why not just concentrate for 10 seconds without looking at your phone? Know what I mean? I read, I read uh, somewhere. I read uh, some guy from Darville, which we'll forget about in the next couple of weeks. But anyway. So yes, that was good, Stephen. I'm glad, delighted you're back. Well done. And yeah, I apologise. I apologise to all the listeners because last week, <laughs> apparently, Dan Devaney and Matt and Mikey had done like loads of stuff on the Kilmarnock, the Kilmarnock semi-final, whatever game it was, and I was I just couldn't be bothered talking about it, so I didn't talk about it. I closed up the podcast, and they're like, "Oi, come on, we wanted to talk about that game." I'm like, "That was the worst game ever." I mean. <laughs> Derek, how does Derek McInnes do it? Anyway, so yeah. looking forward to before we go. Big shout out to Chrissy Dixon, who's oh. also on the pod. It's his birthday today. Many happy returns. Yeah, and Chrissy Dixon is forty odds, was he? He was younger than us, wasn't he? Mid forties, oh, forty six. Chrissy Dixon. Oof, oof. Yeah, he always looked younger, but he was. Yeah. Chrissy Dixon, eh? teaching our young people, eh? As he's educating the masses, the bottle. But uh, yeah, good. Happy birthday, Christopher Dixon. Thanks everybody for listening. People keep with us, and it's fantastic. And I uh, hope uh, Dan Devaney and the rest and Mike are enjoying themselves. And uh, hopefully, I mean, look, geez, I'm really excited now. That month's going to be fantastic, isn't it? It's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Brand new players, a new striker. Season-defining month. Oh, a new striker to watch is great, isn't it? A good. A top class international midfield player to watch as well is going to be fabulous, absolutely fabulous. So, yeah, thanks for for listening, uh, and uh, thanks Stephen for joining us tonight. Hopefully, that's the first of many in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Martin Henry, as always, that was really good. Um, obviously, hopefully, Kevin is but isn't listening. <laughs> Poor Kevin's like, Kevin's like, I'm just going to listen to this podcast in the afternoon. He's like, he's great. It's, it's, it's more you hope he's not a confidence striker because his confidence is going to be shot to shreds listening to this podcast. I have written what I have written. <laughs> says Martin. Well, he, 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 you've got to own your own career, you know. <laughs> you've, only got very what, tough. you've only got, you've got, what, 40 million oh, things? Was it? No, no, just, it wasn't. It was Brendan Rogers. Remember Brendan Rogers said you've only got You've only got like 12, 12 months paychecks. You've only got, I mean, 70 or 90 paychecks. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that your every paycheck counts. That was his line. Right. Uh, we also told he had the, the name in the hat of someone that was going to be naughty during the season or something. Like that. That Liverpool. Full of nonsense. His book was rubbish. You told the story about his dad making a He's an absolute you know, charlatan and the, the sort of a likes of Derek Johnston, you know what I mean? When you look at the comparison, Martin O'Neill's book, very well written, you know, you enjoy it, it's got a beginning, middle and end. Brendan Rogers' book was guff and I, I got three copies of it. It's rubbish. It's absolutely trivial. Talks about him studying his life in academia. You know, that guy's an absolute clown. 
the, the last time Martin has that, I, uh, I managed to steal one of Stephen Celtic scarves. So I've met him in Gloucester. I've been wearing it all week. And my, my, my jacket as well. My jacket. I've been walking about Ireland like the Cel- a, a, a Celtic football club doctor. <laughs> this big scarf. I'm loving it. That was the scarf. I think I bought it actually when I was at a game with Martin. Um, one of the European size. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you've half-inched it. Half-inched it. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, we'll speak to you next week, hopefully, after a good game against Under United. Cheers, all the best. Cheers, thank you. <laughs>